0: So with that, all that saying, let's give it up for my friend, our amazing woman of God in this place, Shannon Garza. I do. Such a nice welcome. Such a nice welcome. And she's not lying. I kept growing and growing and growing. Like, I think I came in with a size four jeans and then they just keep growing and growing. But I don't think she's talking about that. I have to be down here because I'm so short. I I feel like I get lost behind the pulpit. And I like to connect with you ladies better. Oh, look, those are my, that's my gum. So in the end, when I pray with you, that if you fall out, it's not from my breath. It's really from the anointing. (laughs) I got to be sure. Let me get a little comfortable. Come on. How many of you know, it doesn't always feel good to look good. Got to kick off them shoes. That's right. That's right. We got to get ready. Put that hair back, kick off those shoes, and get ready to get down to business. But before I say anything, I just want to pray for God's blessing and anointing on this message tonight. So, dear heavenly Father, I just come before you knowing that you are the author and the finisher of my faith, that is you who formed me in my what my mother's womb and created me for a moment just as this. Lord, I surrender my all. I give my heart and my mind to you tonight. I pray that no word be uttered from these lips, Lord, that you do not set forth an anoint, Lord. I pray for every heart and mind that is in here tonight, Lord that you would open it up to receive what you would have for them, Lord. I come against every hindrance right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that your word that goes back, that it shall not return void in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that we have an encounter with you tonight, Lord. That we are not gathered together, Lord, just to get with our girlfriends, Lord. Lord, but that you would be here, that you would be in this place, and that we would encounter you, and that our lives would change, and we would not leave this place the same. In Jesus' holy name I pray, amen, and amen, and amen. I didn't um, even check to make sure that my iPad was going to work. So that would have been horrible if it didn't. I've used it before, but um, let me get Everything opened that I need. Okay. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to Proverbs 31. Are we ready? Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil in all of the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ships. She bringeth food from afar. She riseth also while... While it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field, and buyeth it, and with the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength, and strengthened her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hands... Her hand to the poor, yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry, her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the Lamb. Of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it, and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth to wisdom, or with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praiseth her. Many, da- many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Amen. Amen. Uh, so when, when I met with Jen about the conference and... Well, we, we met as a team about the conference and she, uh, said, you know, oh, you know, I think it should be about the woman of virtue. And, um, and I was like, oh, okay. You know, I steer clear of Proverbs 31 and I have, and I'm going to be honest with you. You know, Jen said some really nice stuff about me, but, um, as a woman, I don't always feel like I measure up, right? Right. We don't always feel like we measure up. So she's like, we're, you know, we're going to, you know, do Proverbs 31, the virtuous woman. And I was like, okay, you know, I could tell you maybe one of the verses in there, but I've steered clear. And then when she asked if I would speak, I laughed, you know, I was like, do I have to talk about that? You know, do I have to talk about Proverbs 31? Like, what am I going to say, Lord? And I kept reading Proverbs 31 over and over and over and over. And every time I read Proverbs 31, I read it with this lens of my lack and my inability and the things that I don't have. And I read it hoping, just hoping that God was going to take some word in there, some way in there that he was going to take me to a whole nother message about Proverbs 31. The first thing I noticed In the beginning of Proverbs 31, if you really read it, you know that this is a mother describing a woman that her son should look for. And so I was all, ha ha, you know, the standards that a mother in law is going to set for her daughter in law. Of course. And then as I kept reading and reading and reading and reading, the Lord just begin to minister to me and minister to me and minister to me about his word. And the Proverbs 31 is, is a woman for you and I to work after and for us to seek after. It's not something that we have to be, that we have to possess. And truth be told that most Proverbs 31 women that you know have no idea that there are Proverbs 31 women. Because she is clothed with humility and God's presence and all of those things. And as I began to seek the Lord about my own insecurities and the reasons why... I don't feel like I'm a Proverbs 31 woman. God began to minister to me through this. I started out knowing that I'm going to speak at a conference on a topic that I don't feel qualified for, and I just want to let you ladies know that there are things that God has placed in your heart that you don't feel qualified for, but God didn't call you because you have the qualifications. He called you because he wants you to know that he will qualify you for whatever he's called you for for far too long as women we are tearing each other down and I want tonight to be a night that we build each other up because there's far too much tearing each other down out there because when I look out across this congregation I see many many Proverbs 31 women and each and every one of us have different strengths and different abilities and bring different things to the table. No two of us are alike. God didn't need another Shannon. God didn't need another Margot, but in it we are all Proverbs 31 women when we trust him and believe that through him and in him that I can do all things that though at one point in my life that maybe my husband didn't trust me too much but I can tell you today the woman and the character that I walk with when I really start reading this my husband's heart is secure with me when I look at my children and today my children rise and call me blessed. Why? Because I teach them to walk in the will and the ways of the Lord. I plead his blood over them day in and day out. I pray that they are blessed going in and they are blessed coming out. I pray that though the enemy rise against them in one direction, he will flee in seven. Because those areas and those things of our lives that we feel that we are not called or qualified, or equipped are just the things that God wants to use in your life and my life because if I only did all of the things that I thought that I knew how to do, then I would take all the glory. But God does not want to share his glory with no one. He wants me to step up to the plate. He wants you to step up to the plate and dare to believe that through him he can transform your life. All of us are sitting in here with a different story. We all have a different story. There's no one that goes through life that escapes stuff. We all have stuff. And it's the stuff that holds us down. It's the stuff that binds us. It's the stuff that mirrors the lens that we see everything through. When I was preparing for the conference, I was seeing all these things through this lens of every failure that I have had. And I've had a bunch. I mean, I was raised in this church, okay? And I was bad. I was. I was bad. <laughs> Sister Wanda was my mama of the church for years, and I know that I kept her on her knees, as well as my own mama, because I was bad. But I dare to believe that I had to go through a thing or two, because I'm, I need to touch somebody who hasn't always been good right? I need to touch somebody. I need to be able to hug a woman's neck and know I know what you're going through. I know what it's like to be on the streets homeless. I know what it's like to lose your children. I know what it's like to be sitting and waiting for a man that you don't know when he's free, if he's ever going to change. I know what it's like to have to give up and forsake all your friends because the only people you know are the people that are going to drag you back to where you came from. I know what it's like to lay in bed at night and cry and feel so alone and just beg the Lord to be my husband and be by my side. I know what it's like to be a teenage mom and not know how to raise my kids. So then you're raising this young man who's a heathen at times and you don't know how to deal with him but you can't do anything because you know you're the problem in the first place because you were the mother. So what are you going to do? You got to put your child on the altar and you have to say Lord your word says that you train them up in the way that they should go. When they are old, they will not depart from it. Yeah. No matter what's going on in the moment, you have to know. Yeah. You have to know. You have to know what God's word says. We have to know. That's right. When when I first was thinking about or reading and trying to put a message together, I had these just wild running thoughts, right? It was like, how am I going to do this? Uh, What am I going to say? How am I going to relate? How am I going to bring this forth? And the Lord began to tell me or minister to me about where my thoughts were going, uh, what kind of thought. He wanted me to test my thoughts, right? He wants us to test our thoughts. If you are having thoughts of... um. Lack, not good enough, self-defeating, self-condemning thoughts. I'm going to tell you right now, those are not of God. That is not the way God operates at all. When, and, and I believe that when you have any kind of negative experience or trauma in your life, that you have the tendency to think negatively about yourself no matter what kind of abuse it is, whether it's sexual, physical, emotional, mental. And there are many women in this room tonight that have struggled from those kind of abuses. And, and you think negatively about yourself all the time, that you have a hard time breaking through those negative thoughts about yourself. Or maybe you were just flat out bad like I was, and you knew to do right, but you didn't. And so the enemy throws that in your face time after time again, and you always feel less than, and like you're never going to measure up, and you're always reminded of your past. But I want to let you know that God says in 2 Corinthians, my grace is sufficient for you, and my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses in insults in hardships in persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. If there's a weakness in your life, I want you to, to pray this scripture over your life and say, thank you, God, that you are strengthened in my weakness in this area in my life life because then it's you and not me. I'm going to tell you, I make a mess out of everything everything when I'm left to my own devices and it's not until I'm in the thick of quicksand sinking and I look back and I'm all well how did I get here (laughs) how did I get here I got there on my own with my own thinking and not inviting God into the situation not having God's present in my life not putting him first not seeking him in all that I do I believe that every woman who's a Proverbs 31 woman, they know their weaknesses all too well, but they dare to believe what God whispers in their heart. You see, each and every one of us, we're we're aware. I'm aware. I'm aware of my flaws, my deficiencies, my weaknesses, because the moment I was born, I had an enemy that followed me every day of my life and made sure that he pointed out every weakness and every flaw that i had and he made sure that every time somebody mistreated me that i felt like i deserved it he made time he made sure that every time i was rejected that it would go a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper, and a little bit deeper. And that's how the enemy works in our lives because he wants you and I to be so wounded that we will never ever take the authority and stand up and be who he has called us to be. Each and every person in here, each and every woman in here, and some of you men hanging up there too, we all have a sphere of influence in our life. We all have people that we are supposed to impact there are people that you and I are called to be an example for there are people that we are called to be their salt there are people that we are called to be the only word of God that people will ever read and that's your life and that's my life worshiping God isn't just simply flowing in the altars worshiping God is how we live our lives day in and day out how do we worship God with our lives That's what he's looking for for us. And I'm going to tell you, when I I started reading about this Proverbs 31 woman, I also had some areas of my life that were illuminated to me as correction. How many of you know that God corrects those that he loves? And there are things in my life that I want to be different. There are some stuff some stuffs in my life that I want different. There are people in my life that I want to see delivered. I have some ailments in my body that I want to see healed. I have some stuff going on in my life and I'm going to tell you right now, if you have an ailment in your body that is not the will of God, God has come to heal each and every every one of us. It is not his will that we walk around sick and afflicted. We will experience things in our life, yes. But I believe that God is still a healer today as he was in the day that he healed that woman with the issue of blood. He's still the same God that healed that woman who was stuck and bent over and called her to stand upright. God still heals today. He will restore your sight. He didn't call you to be bound by an addiction. He is a God that heals. And if there are things that you have going on in your life that you have not seen answers for yet, I want to encourage you to ask the Lord. Lord, shine your light in every dark place, in my heart and in my mind. Show me what it is, Lord, that is hindering your power in my life. Because I believe today that God is calling people to stand and to rise and to come up higher. There's been too much. There, there's not enough power of God flowing through churches today. Plain and simple. People come in and people go out the same the same, the same. But when I read my word, when people came in and people went out, they were changed. When people flocked to Jesus, they were changed. When people encountered the disciples, they were changed. Just the disciples shadow healed people. And we are coming in the name of Jesus Christ. And if you and I are not seeing seeing healing and deliverance and freedom and change and power, there's something wrong. There's something going on. And God Begin to minister to me. What's going on? Why aren't you seeing that? And you know what he showed me? There's some unbelief. There's some unbelief going on. And I'm like, unbelief? I believe. I believe the children are future. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I believe in Jesus Christ. But the unbelief that he was talking about was unbelief in who he is in my life. And it could be as simple as that. If I cannot believe that he is everything that this word says he is in my life, then that is unbelief. And I want you to know that there are doors that are open when we don't believe. Because if we don't believe the whole word, everything in it from front to back, you got some unbelief in your life. You have some unbelief. And I begin to repent. Forgive me, Lord, for my unbelief. Show me what my unbelief is. Show me where my unbelief lies. And he began to show me how the enemy ushers in unbelief. Crafty. Very crafty. Very crafty. Through pain through hurts, different things just ushered in unbelief. I know what your word says, Lord, but maybe that's not for me. I know what your word says, Lord, but you know what I did. I know what your word says, Lord, but I did this, or I did that, or this ain't convenient. And the second thing he began to show me one of the ways to battle unbelief, well, the only way to battle unbelief is through the word. That's the only way. I can't fix the mind I got with the mind I got, I can't think my way out of unbelief. I cannot think my way out of unbelief. I have to open this word and I have to challenge everything that I think about myself. Most of your Bibles have topics in the back. So whatever you ain't believing God for, you just look up the topic. We live in the day of Google. You can Google just about anything. There is no reason. There is no reason for you and I to walk around in ignorance and unbelief. Okay? And a lot of us, we have no power working in our life because we're ignorant and we have unbelief. Thank you. Put down the TV remote, put down your iPhone, get off Facebook. For me it would be like, pause the good wife. How many of you know simple little things you have going on in your life that the enemy will use to pervert time that you are supposed to have with the Lord and steal that time. If you have unbelief going on in your life, don't watch TV that's going to breed that unbelief. Don't get on the interme- internet that's going to breed all that. Open your word. Get in your word. Find out what does the word say about it. If what you're believing doesn't align with the word, then you need to pray that your beliefs will be changed. Because in the word it says, "God." there's a scripture where the man cries out, the boy is going to be healed. And Jesus went to heal him and he said, God help my unbelief. It is not unbelief common for us or people to experience unbelief. Unbelief hinders the flow and the power of God so much that when Jesus Christ went back to his hometown, it said that he could not do many miracles there because of the unbelief. So if Jesus himself was hindered in his hometown because of unbelief, how much more are you and I hindered because of unbelief in our life? The second area... And this isn't going to be really popular. Is disobedience. It's disobedience. It's disobedience. disobedience. But I want to read something to you before I get into disobedience. Matthew eleven twenty eight and 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's important for me to talk about how light the burden really is. Because I talked about how cunning the enemy is And he will make everything that God has called you to be seem like it's going to be so difficult and so hard and so burdensome. But what I can tell you is that I've never felt so fulfilled, so good, so loved, so uplifted, so purposeful, so passionate, so on fire, so fulfilled as I have felt when I said, yes, God, here am I. Send me. I will go for you. Never, ever have I felt so good. But there are areas in our lives that God is calling us to make changes. And for whatever reason, each and every one of us has our own reasons for not wanting to make those changes. Some of us don't want to make changes because we're afraid to disrupt relationships. We're afraid to disrupt relationships. We're afraid to step out. We're afraid of what others will think. Some of us are simply afraid to let our light shine because we've been told time and time again that we're not good enough, that we're not worthy enough. We've been beat down. We've been humiliated and we've been rejected. And so God is calling us to rise up, step out and let your light shine and we don't do it. And when we don't do it, it is disobedience. And when we're walking in disobedience, it hinders his power. If God knows that my power, that his power is over here, I might not know that. Right? And I'm over here and I'm walking over here and I'm praying and the Lord's like, Shannon, go over there. I'm like, oh, but my feet hurt. I want to go. But I don't know that God's power is over there. And I don't go. And I stay here because my feet hurt or my head hurts, or it's more convenient to be right here. It's comfortable right here. Got to make dinner tonight. Got to get up early for work tomorrow. The kids need this. The husband needs that, right? But he says, if you just take a few steps over here, Shannon, my power is over here. But see, he doesn't always tell us my power is over here when he's telling us to walk over here. Sometimes you and I need to step out in a little bit of faith. It's called a faith walk. It is impossible for you and I to please God without faith. It is faith that moves the hand of God. He's not going to lay it all out for you and I before we do it. Because it's a faith walk. It is a faith walk. Even Jesus had to walk in faith. If Jesus didn't have to walk in faith, he wouldn't have fasted and instilled and, and away and prayed and all of those things because he had to renew that. He had to get in touch with the father. He had to say, God, I know whatever he prayed, but God, your will, not mine. Your will, not mine. He had to walk that walk knowing in faith that he was going to be crucified for us and that that was going to be the ultimate sacrifice for you and I. But even he walked in faith when he took on the Human life. You and I are called to walk in faith, called to walk in obedience, called to walk in relationship with Him, called to walk to know who He is and all He has called you to be. I am tired. He is tired. We need to be tired of being defeated women that are beat down. We need to rise up, each and every one of us, and take that seat. You and I serve the great I am, the creator of the heavens and the earth. We are joint heirs to the throne. We wear a crown. When you look in that mirror, you should see a crown of victory on your head. We are not just experiencing this human experience. God didn't put me on earth just to go to work from 9 to 5 every day. God put me on earth so I can stand up and say, my God is mighty to save. I don't care what you're going through, Margo. My God is mighty he will set you free he desires to set you free there is more for him and you know that and God gives us a connection because he says you know what follow me I know the way I'll lead you out that's what God wants for us each and every one of us no more sitting on the sidelines waiting for somebody else to do it and make it happen kim you lit a fire in me when you stood up and you started preaching and you said there is power that word penetrated my soul and made me hunger and thirst for the power of god again god wants to bring his power and his anointing back He wants us to walk in power and authority and not be cowered down with fears and anxiety and afraid all the time. That's not what he wants for you and I. That's not. And I believe that God has put something in your heart. Each and every one of us, there's something hidden in our heart that you dream about and that you you do over and over, but you don't have the courage to break out. And I believe God's calling you forth. I believe there's some dry bones right now that the flesh is coming back on them. And those dry bones are going to live again, I believe. That that's what God wants. Lisa, I believe God's calling you to stand up and sing and let the anointing of God flow through your life again. That's who you are called to be. That's what you were called to do. And you won't sleep and you won't rest and you won't have peace until you are all that God has called you to be. Each and every one of us. I don't know what it is for each and every one of you, but I know what it is for you. Yes, amen. I know that God's called you to worship and lead. Yeah. And you have a silent strength that doesn't look like your big mouth mama. Yeah. And that's okay. God didn't call you to look like me, but you're a worshiper. And every struggle you fight internally will be healed as your fingers strum across those keys. Across those keys brings healing. There's healing and deliverance and freedom when we begin to walk in what God called us to do. You see, as a little girl, God put it in my heart that I was going to stand and open my mouth and fire was going to come forth. And that I would speak to women. And I want to speak to women. Because as a woman, I've never felt good enough. Ever. And when I leave here tonight, if I'm really honest, I'm going to think about everything I should have said. But in the moment right now, I know I'm walking in what God created me to be. And you, God, surrounding you with women who are going to lift you up and mother you the way you've always wanted to be mothered. And they're going to teach you how to be a mother because inside you don't feel like you're a good mother. But you love that boy and you love your girls. And God is going to put women in your life to example for you how to be a mother. I didn't know how to be a mom. I didn't know how to be a partner. I didn't know how to be a daughter. I didn't know how to be any of those things because I just walked around wounded, wounded. It was just a big bag of wounds. But as I begin, like Jen said, on a Tuesday night, I begin to come down here and fall on my face before the Lord. And I begin to pray and let it all out, and let it all out, and let it all out. And I started reading the word more and more and more. And I learned God doesn't make junk. He doesn't make mistakes. And He can take anything and every mistake and all the junk and all the mess and all of that Turn it around, mix it up, shake it out, pour it up, whatever He does. But it works together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to a purpose. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter where you've been, where you come from, could have been in prison. could have been the worst of the worst, could have abandoned your kids, could have slept with all the guys on the block, could have had a ton of abortions, and I'm not judging any of those things. I'm calling out those things that bring women shame. They bring women shame but yet we carry the biggest burdens. When I read all those things from that Proverbs 31 women, did you hear that list? Did you hear that list? Gotta make her husband happy, gotta make her kids happy, gotta clothe them, gotta feed them, gotta look good, gotta be calm, gotta do all those things. No wonder half of us feel beat down, right? Right? Yes, I'm tired too, girl, I'm tired. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things. And I can have a little wisdom to know what God's called me to do and the pressures the world are trying to put on me. We can all have that. There's no superwoman. We're just all women trying to navigate our way through life. The best that we know how. But let God be your guide. I want to call the prayer team up here because I believe there are some women in here who have been beat down. who, like me, want to run from that Proverbs 31 woman? She thinks she has it all, her good kids in college everywhere, and her husband wearing that suit and all that kind of stuff. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. My good friend, who may be here, when I first got clean, yeah, I said that when I first got clean, took me in as her little project. <laughs> That's her laughing. Took me in as her little project and said, had this saying it was something to the effect of judging other people's outsides by your insides. Yes, amen. And often as women, we judge how other people look on the outside through the lens of all the junk going on on the inside of us. And we are all women trying to make it.